0: Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling for the heavyweight
1: championship of the world. us for a special episode of movie weight classes the bi-weekly podcast where we figure out within a certain genre who the lightweight middleweight and heavyweight world champions of that genre is in today's special episode we are going to be pairing every single winner of the last 10 episodes up against each other to figure out for season one who the lightweight heavyweight and middleweight world champions will be I'm your host, Parker. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark and Punya. How you guys doing tonight? Doing great.
2: Interesting night episode. Yeah, uh, we got a little late night recording going on. Usually we record uh, first thing in the morning, so this is going to be an episode.
1: <laughs> you always manage to cut out with your sound. Holy shit. I know. It's, it's like Discord can't handle how loud you get. <laughs> um... But well, yeah, this was uh, this was an idea that was presented to us by Mark actually. So I'm gonna kind of let you run through the idea of, of what this episode's gonna be, man.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, so when we were formulating the just the idea of the show in general, I really wanted to focus on the competition aspect because I can't have fun in life unless i'm doing better than someone else um (laughs) so i wanted to you know gear that aspect of the show particularly so i've been keeping track uh, as my duty as the uh, show historian and uh, point keeper I've been keeping track of uh, who wins, how many belts throughout the course of season. Uh, marketing told me they whispered in my ear, uh, Parker. Uh, the the proper uh, branding we're going for is season zero. Um, oh, that, that's, oh, sorry, marketing. But, the marketing yeah, team never yeah, cc'd me on that. Email. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's an embarrassing one for uh, the secretary over there. But Ooh. we'll, oh, we'll man, talk I'm to get her. fired shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, keeping track of the scores throughout all these episodes and it became clear uh towards the end of the season that I was just insurmountably talented and there okay. was going to be right.
1: <laughs> there was going to be no
0: way that anyone could catch up to me so I thought well time for final jeopardy basically so this is uh to decide the champion of the season season zero Um, and this will come complete with I actually ordered it yesterday a custom made belt with our logo on it I will I have not seen what it looks like I will tell you a few things about it I bought a child's belt because it was about $200 cheaper Um, (laughs) So it's very tiny. I'm not sure exactly how tiny. I have the measurements, but they mean nothing to me. Uh, See, when you said metric.
2: belt on the last episode, I was like, did he, how did he, did he just cut out the logo and get it like embossed on like metal? No, like, no, this, on is gold? Like, this is professionally,
0: this is professionally done. You know, I'm told that it's 24 karat gold, uh, you know, embossed <laughs> all around the logo. So, it's pure uranium. <laughs> <laughs> and that belt will be awarded to the winner of the season. Um, in this title match tonight, the winner of the lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight categories uh, will receive two points per category, so that is six points up for grabs tonight. Um, the standings, as, as they are, um, if you'll give me a quick moment, I am prepared. Uh, the standings, as of this moment, I have 13, Parker has 10, and Punya has 7. So Punya, you're not uh, Oh, so I'm definitely getting <laughs> fired. <you're, you're>, Shit. <laughs> Punya's role here tonight is purely that of spoiler maker. <laughs> um. <laughs> but uh, that's basically that's basically it. You know, uh, it's not a game show if nothing matters except for the last round, right? You got a point. Yep. The old
1: double Jeopardy method. Um... When it comes to, like, earlier picks, though, I, I guess if we're doing an episode talking about kind of our picks in general, was there one pick for any category that y'all felt just did not fit the category whatsoever, We, whether it be a stretch pick or just outright a bad pick?
0: Well, first off, looking over all the picks— when you when you do the math, you know, throw some numbers at you real quick. All right, we've done ten episodes now. This is the eleventh episode. But we've done ten episodes. Each episode we talk about three categories. Three categories per uh, thing. That's three times three times three. That's like what 27 Nope, nine. I don't know. I'm multiplying. I should be adding. Yeah, I was. I was yeah, <laughs> let you no, 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 no. <laughs> nine. So ninety. And, and simple words, we have talked about 90 movies and it is quite um, the spread. Very, very different. That was the weirdest part about going through here to pick out my winners for the season is it was kind of hard to compare these movies together because yeah, we've really covered a whole variety. Um, but when like we're talking you, about how do you
2: compare American Psycho to Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> It's like completely
1: different universes. Um, but, but I also I also think that with that example, American Psycho and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I think the obvious middleweight there would be Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I think American Psycho would probably more of a stretch pick.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's funny that they could win uh, in that, in that sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at this episode as a way of kind of like writing the wrongs and figuring out exactly what is the best lightweight, what the best middleweight is and what the best heavyweight is from the 90 plus films that we've talked about over the last 10 episodes.
0: And it's really, uh, you know, what, how I'm approaching it is within the context of the pick. um, If that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, It, like you were saying, just to put it in uh, different words, is like uh, the best middleweight, like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs probably fit as a middleweight in its episode better than American Psycho did as a middleweight in its episode, if that makes sense. And that makes it all very meta and all very, very nitpicky. But like we talked <laughs> about last week, we love that. <laughs> yep. Welcome to Semantics,
1: the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can kick us off with one pick that I just, I didn't feel like fit the category whatsoever. And, uh, I kind of want to throw a little bit of, uh, of shade in y'all's way. Um, <laughs> Mark, what the fuck were you doing trying to pass off chicken run as a 3d animated movie? What the fuck was <laughs> oh, yeah. That? Okay. What was wait, up with that? Tell me, tell me, please tell me how it's
0: not. Please tell Cause me. Cause it's claymation. It's yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. claymation. It's not 3D. Okay. It is... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that clay was not a 3D fucking medium. Are you kidding me? Like,
1: <laughs> that's she, the exact I, I same I didn't thing. It that way. Okay. I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> like, what are you
0: talking about? 3D, it's an animated movie. Hey, it's not 3D. Animation. animation unless you <laughs> It's like Compared saying it's like saying movies. that a a computer animated 2D movie isn't a 2D movie because it's not painted. You know, or it's not drawn. It's still a 2D animated movie just because the medium of animation is different. This is the most ridiculous thing someone's ever said to
2: me. <laughs> okay, but I guess, okay, in the in the years before, like, computer-generated, like, 3D movies, do you think anyone would say, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, a really good 3D movie? Or they would say, no, I'm sure say that, it's, that, a it's a claymation movie or a stop-motion movie. And? You're wrong. <laughs> I'm not. I don't While I think it's, I think are, it's <laughs> technically right, I think it is technically. Yeah, it is a 3D medium, but at the same time, I feel like that term to all of all like the other 3D Listen, we're movie, talking about, yeah. about
0: Chicken Run. Y'all voted for Over the Hedge as the best lightweight animated we do movie. not take
1: Over the Hedge slander oh, yeah. in this yeah, house. Yeah, no,
2: no, no, no. You thought you you're were doing something there. You're coming at me there. because Chicken
0: Run is an, an animated <laughs> movie while you're lauding
1: <laughs> Over the Hedge? I'm telling you, the last great Bruce Willis performance, there's no, you can't argue against that.
0: Yeah, it wasn't 2D though, so, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um okay what's, what's y'all's pick mark i
0: for mine i gotta throw shade at myself uh I, this is kind <laughs> of like imagine you know you're a catholic priest and i'm me and we're in the little wooden cubby and i'm telling you where the hell is
1: this going <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you all
0: my sins and i go father i said that one flew over the cuckoo's nest was a lightweight. <laughs> book to movie adaptation and we'll get to the lightweight part first off i want to talk about me picking one flew over the cuckoo's nest for a book to movie adaptation because i didn't know it was based on a book (laughs) i'm sure most people don't know that it's based on a book who cares about that book this is a like iconic part of american cinema you know, this is, it doesn't matter if it came from a book. This is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which leads into my second point. It won five Oscars. <laughs> it's, it's like considered like top 50 all time. You know, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed and I don't <laughs> know what to be. say. And I, um, that, uh, that's all. And I'm sorry
1: to the <laughs> Academy. Uh, Jesus accepts your confession. <laughs>
2: see I, I gotta give it to myself too but I I feel like I had so many janky picks over the over the course of the season I like couldn't pick one to, so I'm just I'm just gonna rattle through them uh last episode zombie land not not really a slasher just kind of a kind of a stretch pick there uh definitely I, I tried to make it fit given kind of the like loose definitions you were you were given uh, but uh-huh. honestly if I if I say that that's a slasher then chicken run is a 3d movie so I, so I can't really say anything there. Uh, no, or- because Chicken <laughs>
0: Run is way more a three D movie than that is a slasher. Are you, uh, what is? I am I crazy? <laughs> like uh, I don't understand.
2: or honestly going off of going off of your same logic for uh cuckoo's nest uh i I have to give it to myself for for wolf of wall street which i did not know was a book until i googled uh booked a movie adaptation oh a movie (laughs) i've seen that happens to be a book and huge budget that was uh really phoned it in on that pick
1: there so (laughs) not great there
2: yeah, Punya was
1: my favorite, All of my picks were amazing. I'll get to Parker in a second, <laughs> but my favorite,
0: my favorite Punya pick was when we did an episode called "Non Musical Biopics" and Punya picks and Punya oh, shows up with pop star Never Stop
1: Popping literally the <laughs>
0: entire
1: category is non musical biopics. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to completely ignore it and do my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a complete complete lapse. I just forgot
2: that dimension of the of the theme there. Uh, like, I, I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up by saying uh, it's a comedy biopic. It's maybe not a musical comedy biopic. It's a musical biopic if it's about a real artist but but yeah i hear you it was the the second you said and and that we said non-musical i was
1: like i fucked up completely (laughs) that's it i like that you kept going with it though you didn't change it up you're like all right whatever we're in uh parker
0: has you know not really any like problem picks but that's really inherently the problem when you're showing up with Big Lebowski and Step Brothers and Prisoner of Azkaban like Parker and Scream Parker goes oh what is the most famous movie in this category ever I'm going to talk about that one let me just get a little bit of that that'll be a nice easy one listen they call me
1: Chalk Pick Parker for a reason, right? <laughs> have you guys heard of Susan
0: Kane for my picks. Parker's <laughs> drafting first every single episode basically <laughs>
1: That's that's how we rectify it. <laughs> Um, I think I think now that we've kind of shit on each other enough uh, with our picks, we should, we should move into our definitive rankings of what the best light, middle, and heavyweight are. Um, before the episode, we actually decided who would go in what order, just so it, because we're all picking from the same list, that way it kind of gives each person an advantage in each category. So kicking us off with lightweight, we're going to have Punya start us off here. Punya, what is your best or favorite lightweight? movie that we talked about okay so
2: my favorite lightweight overall has to be nightcrawler uh nightcrawler is one that it's a movie that i absolutely love mark had picked it um for an episode a couple of times ago and uh fucking love that movie i think it's great as a lightweight too because i mean of course it did it was still like a bigger uh production with like some bigger names attached to it it still did a good job of like having you know complete being able to come across as a fully, like fully formed uh, feature film, um, even even on a small budget with very few actors, with very few like kind of locations, very few things going on uh, in terms of, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's a great lightweight pick. I just love things that are able to like shine within like kind of constraints. And I feel like Nightcrawler does that. Uh, and also just the story grips, grips me so much. I, I love that type of thriller too. Um, Yeah. What what do y'all think about that?
0: Um, Real quick, I think just because we have talked about all these movies before and everyone has heard us go, oh, my goodness, Jake Gyllenhaal Mm -hmm. is incredible. (laughs) What we should do is we should uh, go ahead and say our pick, give a quick intro just like you did. Then the next person does, next person does. And then we go ahead and argue why ours deserve over the other ones, if that makes sense. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: So Mark, what you got for this category?
0: Uh, for this category, I went with hardcore Henry. To me this was a no-brainer. I was also looking at Nightcrawler. but when you're really looking at what lightweight is particularly to me, lightweight represents that you know indie filmmaker who is throwing something together on the weekends you know and then makes something really cool and really unique and that's what hardcore Henry is. Hardcore Henry, released in 2015, is a sci-fi action film. Um, it is. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to say the director's name. It is very Russian, um, <laughs> but it is, it is his directorial debut. I'm very sorry, but congratulations, sir. Um, it had a budget of about two million and grossed about 16.8 million. Most of that uh, is, you know, a lot of its success is not in that number, but within its streaming. It lived on Netflix for a long time. That's where I saw it. A lot of people saw it. And what's crazy about this is it's all filmed in first person as if you are the protagonist, um, which sounds like a Universal Studios ride, But uh, (laughs) if you can get over the motion sickness, then it's really fun, really unique, really, really well choreographed fight scenes that feel super cool, unique. And I think this this low budget is really indicative of what a lightweight should be. Um, It's a unique I've said unique like eight times, but it's like (laughs) uh, it's something you don't see every day. And it exists because this person uh, had no rules there was no one you know breathing down his neck in like a studio system or anything and that's what the beauty of lightweight is to me and i think hardcore henry represents that
1: totally yeah makes sense to me yeah Kind of building off that, um, I'm going to go with 2000 Super Troopers for my lightweight. Um, $3 million budget, grossed about $23 million worldwide, but this movie really lived and died by the VHS market and sharing it with friends and just kind of word of mouth. Um, It's the first film from the Broken Lizards guys who are... I I guess like one of the first sort of instances of like an internet comedy group being able to make a movie. Um and Super Troopers really is one of those movies that it doesn't really matter what scene you throw on every scene is so independent from the rest of the movie yet it all works as kind of a cohesive movie so you really can kind of go out and watch you know the mushroom scene from the beginning of the movie or the meow scene with Jim Gaffigan and have a great time watching that singular film or a singular scene but if you sit down to watch the film as a whole it still works really really well as a I guess cult comedy for lack of a better term Um, I do think this movie is accessible for almost anyone Um, it it really does kind of ride that line between being too dumb to be like real people and also just funny as hell so I'd I'd have to go with Super Troopers for my pick Okay, this is is interesting about this category because I would argue that both of y'all's picks are more similar than mine is
2: Honestly, now that now that you guys talk about your picks too, and just kind of the the value too of like the lightweight, uh, you know, yeah. Just sorry, the uh, the smaller budgets too. I, I had to look up uh, Nightcrawler's while I while y'all were talking, and it is mm-hmm. a little bit. It is definitely bigger than these other two, and for How that much? too, uh, it's it's eight million. Um,
1: oh, that's not a, that's not that bad actually.
2: Yeah, it's not it's not huge, but we've definitely talked about lightweights that are in the like one million range for sure. And and honestly, yeah, for me to for me to like. Tout its uh, ability within that budget. I mean, it's still really good for what they did within uh, those constraints. But I I think I do have to uh, out of those, I would probably give it to Super Troopers. Um, Or I mean, I I'd I'd like Hardcore Henry Henry's Merit too, but I can't like speak to it because I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. I
0: think that uh, with Nightcrawler in particular, I think it's a great pick for lightweight as a category. It was my pick, so obviously you know I'm I'm fantastic, Um, (laughs) uh, but. Uh, Nightcrawler is interesting because it's definitely a lightweight movie, but it's a lightweight movie where give it 30 years and it could be, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Probably not on that level, but you you, you mm-hmm. get what I mean, because yeah. of the level of this performance. You know, this is something like this is something that Jake Gyllenhaal will be remembered for for the rest of his career. Um, so within that scope, um, I, I think that uh, I. I don't know i feel like hardcore henry to me is this category like and i i I wish you had seen it Punya, so you could understand what i mean but like (laughs) it's what is so like hardcore henry whether or not it's you know like a perfect movie it is representative of something that's wonderful about film and why you know i'm glad that it exists
1: that makes sense i I understand I, I, what you're saying uh sorry I, I guess i would make the argument though that both nightcrawler and hardcore henry have at least a recognizable like household name maybe less so in charlotte Copley than jake gyllenhaal but it does have the name brand kind of recognition from these actors whereas with super troopers You only know these guys as the super troopers. There's really no one famous in that movie besides like the really, really small bit parts from, you know, like a Jim Gaffigan. And I think to me, not having to rely on the sort of star power of a Charlotte Copley or of a uh, Jake Gyllenhaal means it's better indicative of the lightweight category. Yeah, I, mean, I gotta
2: agree with that, too. And, and I, the don't, reason too,
0: I, like, I don't I, know I, if you can like, Charlton Copley is an excellent actor, but I don't know necessarily if star power is an adjective I associate with him. I think you're overstating a little bit. I would bit agree with you is. in
1: 2021, but in 2015, I'd say you're fucking crazy. In 2015, he had just been in Elysium,
0: Maleficent, and The Snow Queen 2, and Chappie. You a big Chappie, a Chappie fan? It's a pretty big movie. No, Chappie's a bad movie though. It's a bad movie. I'm not <laughs> arguing it's not a bad movie. I don't know. I I think that like I I I don't think star power is anything that hardcore Henry relies on. I think that the star power is the cinematography and the choreography 100%, you know. It could be it could be, you know, a cut scene. And that's, that's what it is. It's a video game movie, but instead of being an adaptation of a specific video game, it's an adaptation of a genre.
2: But I think that's the reason why I can't give it the, the lightweight uh, title for this is because it's it's really impressive for what it accomplished with the the medium. But I think because it is like pushing something that's so not standard for the medium, I feel like a big part of it is like showing that off. Like the way that when 3D movies first came out, it was all like, I mean, like like 3D, like actual 3d glasses type yeah. movies like everyone wanted to like do the whoa just like show it off and i wonder too if how much of that movie like it's it's merit relies on that obviously that is the movie everyone talks about it like yeah. oh it's that pov movie you know well, like no but-
0: I-, I can give you an exact analogy i was watching this weekend i watched godzilla versus king kong and there's some stuff in there where it feels like they just like took Stuff that was in development from the ride, based on the movie, and put it in the movie. You know where the camera's spinning and it like gets punched and it flips around and stuff. Where it's like cool. It's oh, kind of cool. Well, it sounds cool, but it doesn't necessarily like work <laughs> very work. well. Okay, I
1: haven't and seen it. No, yet. Yet. Okay. But, but that's
0: that's my point. Is like you know why you should celebrate when someone does a gimmick well. Because say what you will about like we're talking about 3D movies, Avatar. um, James Cameron's Avatar, the 3D in that was incredible. It still is, I assume. I haven't used 3D recently. Yeah, what have seen Avatar
1: in the last 10 years? But, <laughs> but but
0: the 3D that like it used the gimmick well, and I think hardcore Henry uses that. It does kind of look like a Universal Studios ride, but it does it really, really well. It's really engaging, and it's really the the action, I can't stress enough how well choreographed the action is that it makes you feel like you are in the fight you know it doesn't feel like it's uh punches are pulled at all
1: okay fair enough uh, yeah i I think uh, against my better judgment you swing me
2: okay yeah i guess my only concern was like kind of if if it wasn't shot like on gopros like head mounted like would it still stand up as a movie if you just took that exact plot but like filmed it like a normal movie not necessarily.
0: If you did the fight scenes really, really well in that different, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I think
1: it's. I think unfortunately, with that movie having it being first person, the protagonist, if I remember correctly, Henry doesn't really speak that often. If at okay. all, I don't think so. At I don't all. think the story would work outside of that medium and outside of that context. But I do kind of agree with you, Mark, and I, I guess the universal ride comparison is probably the best way to put it. And the fact that this movie's budget is only a million dollars less than Super Troopers, the amount that they were able to pull off with a million less is, I think, more indicative and of... And 14 years later.
0: 14 years True. later as well.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, uh, against my better judgment, I think I got to give it to Hardcore Henry right here. Let's go. Okay, okay. I'm still going to stick with Super win, Mark, Troopers, though. No,
0: but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, is I argued against Nightcrawler, but I do think I'm a big, I'm a big sketch comedy guy. All right. Um, That's, you know, Monty Python, I thought really, really hard for in the cult classic Mm -hmm. uh, episode. It did not uh, win. But this is Super Troopers. Is that done that done very, very well? And also... Um, the community around the movie, the cult following, is also something that's very cool about lightweight movies that uh, is often yeah, exist. Is a sure. very committed followings. And I think Super Troopers definitely has that over Hardcore Henry. So I actually think I'm picking Super Troopers.
1: A... Okay. So we're giving it to Super Troopers then. I guess so. That's what I'm hearing. Is this well, what winning feels like? Well, you gave it like... to me.
0: I gave it to, <laughs> Pune, or I gave it to Parker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Super Troopers was yeah, pick. Yeah, that's right? my pick. Yeah, but nice. you're, it, but
0: it was your selection for the title yeah. match.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. Saying. So I'll take the points. I'm Parker not gonna gets argue. the
0: points. Yeah,
1: I ain't gonna argue it. um Okay, for next round for middleweight, we're gonna go in the order of myself, then Punya, then Mark. So I get first pick here. um And man, I. I think middleweight out of the three categories was probably the hardest to fall onto a choice because middleweight kind of by nature is going to be the most diverse category that we have. Um, And I really ran through the list and really tried to think of what... What to me feels the most middle of, not middle of the road, that's the wrong way to put it, but middle budget, middle, like, what felt the most middle out of all of these movies? And there was really only one that I could go with, which is 2007's Hot Fuzz, written and directed by Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. Um, story of a skilled London police officer who's then transferred to the country and deals with this sort of shady underground. A uh, weird shit going on in this town that he moves to. I, I don't wanna really want to really spoil it in case anyone hasn't seen this film. Um, but the star of this film, by far, like without a question, is the editing. It's one of the best edited movies I've ever seen, especially the fight sequences. Um, and it's really a love letter to you know your '90s action movies, your Bad Boys, Point Break, those sort of movies, while still having the Incredible Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, and Simon Pegg sort of charm to it. Um, and I think this movie is the best middleweight of them all because I think Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are household names by looking at them, but I don't think the general audience knows how much they were involved. And the fact that they were really the writers of this film as well as starring in this film... Um, really sort of lends to this era of being a middleweight and this movie does have a great cast but it has a great cast of that guys I think more than more than really famous actors like really the most famous actor in this movie is probably Martin Freeman and he's in it for a scene maybe two scenes Um, and that to me is, is, is what a middleweight should be is a movie that stands on its own Entirely devoid of every, you know, star power, directors, anything like that. This is just a great movie from start to finish.
0: I'm grinning, by the way. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I see. I didn't know. I
2: didn't know so much of the the background about it. I think I think you talked about it a little bit more here than uh, we did when it first got brought up. Um, but no, that sounds really cool. As because I, I didn't really. Um, at least hearing the more justification for why it makes sense as a middleweight like being kind of mm-hmm. uh people had kind of like hybrid roles uh back there and y- you know that I like that I like that about a movie so yeah good pick um mine mine was uh honestly I had a hard time with this one uh especially yeah. trying to trying to go for like what was a middle and I the one that I felt was the most deserving of a middleweight was elf uh it, which okay. is which is funny because it is it is you know a Christmas one and I didn't think I was gonna pick any of the Christmas ones for this but I feel like Elf is it's a it's a great movie by itself like it's it's a great like standalone movie um, I mean it's it's something that has so much like long lasting appeal uh, that you know it's like it, people can watch it pretty much every year and a lot of people do watch it every single year um, it's got like a little bit of something for everyone it's like not entirely a kids movie while not entirely like an adult's movie like it, it's it's kind mm-hmm. of like it's a good mix um it's also not huge budget while still getting kind of like will ferrell at the beginning of his like huge rise to popularity um and you know still having like a little bit of like a scrappy behind the scenes process we talked about it a little bit on the episode um mm-hmm. on the christmas episode but yeah i think this is a, a great like uh, middle of the road pick what about you mark Middleweight was really hard, guys. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, like just looking at this list I got in front of me, there's Little Shop of Horrors, Hot Fuzz, Ratatouille, Knives Out. And I sat and I stared at this list and I pondered. Um, for context, for the for the listener um, who can't see the things in front of me with my eyes, uh, <laughs> I have a list of every single pick with the winners highlighted in red. Because we're doing winners only today, FYI. I I came to the group and said, "Hey, would you like to do winners or just any pick?" With the with the hope of them saying any pick, so I could talk about jumper. Um, that that did <laughs> that did not pan out. So we are jumperless today, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and while I'm staring at this list of all the movies we've talked about. I see the answer was in front of me the whole time. Gentlemen, I don't know if you see that small red asterisk at the top of the middleweight column. Um, I did. Yeah. So, in the first episode, we were talking about superheroes, um, and some handsome points keeper got a little befuddled. Um, he was new to his job, <laughs> and he incorrectly awarded Birdman the correct uh the best middleweight uh when in fact the committee voted for scott pilgrim versus the world uh and the committee has uh, decided that birdman will keep its uh its winning points punya kept his <laughs> points but okay. damn it, I'm taking the loophole and I'm talking about Scott Pilgrim, baby! And you're right! You thought hot Puzz was enough? You were wrong! He's back. Michael Sarah is back. We are back. It's a great movie. I love it. We'll get into more into it in the argument, but it's Scott Pilgrim,
1: baby! <laughs> Uh, note to self we need to record at night every time now yep <laughs> this is so great
2: <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember the the discussion we had then or like why we didn't pick it overall but uh i mean i think it's a great one i like i love that movie so uh, it's like very innovative does a good job of like sticking to i mean I, I haven't read the the graphic novel that it's like based off of but it seems like it does a good job at least if like carrying a lot of that like interesting uh flavor over to it so yeah love this movie
1: I actually think that Scott Pilgrim works better as a lightweight than it does a middleweight. Hmm. I was gonna um, say and the reason I say that is mainly due to the fact that, you know, this movie wasn't really a success out the gate. It really took until box off or excuse me, until DVDs for it to kind of get the word of mouth, very similar to a super troopers. Um and me personally, this is probably my spiciest take. I think it's edgar wright's worst film i think his other standalone films that aren't based off ip's work better for his style than i thought scott pilgrim does um i think the argument against it being a lightweight and the argument for it being more of a middleweight probably ends up with the cast you know i think this movie has too good of a cast and does a really great job of, of napping people you know the right point in their career Chris Evans right before Captain America Brie Larson before she blew up with room um hell even um oh I'm blanking on the sister and her friend uh Audrey Plaza and oh shit Anna Kendrick oh yeah even those actors they were just kind of in their way to becoming household names so I do think that element of Scott Pilgrim lends itself more towards being a middleweight
2: yeah, I agree. I, think, and I mean, Michael Cera was already pretty big at that point. He'd been on Arrested oh, Development yeah. and some other stuff too. So, yeah, super bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, at that point, yeah.
0: I think honestly that all three of our movies are in the wrong weight class here. I think yeah. I think that Scott Pilgrim is probably gearing towards lightweight. I think Hot Fuzz gears towards heavy foot, heavy foot, heavyweight. <laughs> and I think it is absolutely ridiculous that we ever put elfhood in middleweight. I think I that's insane. Elf is through and through a heavyweight in my mind. Okay, okay. Um,
1: I I totally agree. Uh,
0: but I think Hot Fuzz in the same way that, uh, you know, I'm kind of a line on between light and middle, I think you're the same way on the other side. So,
1: I guess for me personally, I have to give the nod to Hot Fuzz over Sean of the Dead, or excuse me, not Sean of the Dead, Scott Pilgrim, because I – if you're asking me what Edgar Wright movie I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on baby driver. If you ask me the second Edgar Wright movie to put on, I'm going to put on hot fuzz and maybe it's just more of a personal pick, but I got to go hot fuzz over, over Scott Pilgrim.
0: See, for me, it's the, I I go pilgrim, than baby driver probably. Um, and you know, you brought up, you said that you think hot fuzz is the, the movie that best enables and allows, uh, Edgar Wright's editing and his directorial style to shine. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what's really beautiful about Scott Pilgrim, what's great about it, is how he is able to use his really, really, his knack for that to translate this graphic novel feel. The star of this movie, like it's a movie that Michael Sarah stars in, but really it's a vehicle for the effects. You know, it feels like you're being carried along, it's kind of fast paced. And it's similar to that thing we talked about uh, with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know, where it's like the the story is just happening in, around you while you sit there. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and I, I think this is the same way, but I think the editing style really augments that and makes it feel like a graphic novel, you know, um, really brought to life. And I think that, that the editing of this is so unique and what sets it apart from every other movie uh, we'll talk about, even Hot Fuzz, which is still Edgar Wright I think some of the stuff that uh, he does in here is so so cool um, and the 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 battle of the bands with the two the animated gorilla and the dragon is so cool yeah. and uh, just some of like the, you know the text box stuff I don't know um, I think this really comes down as a preference between Scott Pilgrim and Hot Fuzz and for me this is Edgar Wright versus Edgar Wright so I
2: can't really go wrong but I gotta go Scott
0: Pilgrim and I can't change
2: that
1: what see, about you, Punya?
2: See, I wanted to go Scott Pilgrim, but then I had to look into it, and I, and I thought about it more. And I feel like Scott Pilgrim is, uh, at least if Elf is kind of like bordering going on uh, heavyweight, I would think that Scott Pilgrim also is too, given like budget, uh, which I looked up at like $85 million. And also like what you're saying about mm-hmm. the cast. All of these people really, even even if they were at the beginning of their uh, of their careers, I still do think it was a pretty established like safe like big studio bet, even if um it wasn't like critically received super well uh, as as it maybe should have been I, I do I, it's I do feel like for that reason. It's not it's not like, enough you're... to call it a heavyweight, but
1: I think I think in terms it's of definitely like definitely a tweener.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think in terms of fitting uh like a middleweight title uh, I, I have to get to hot fuzz. I, I think it's a great movie all around it. I mean y'all said whatever there is to be said about it, but uh yeah I think I think that's the best pick.
1: Y'all, yeah, y'all I, had
0: I the chance. Y'all had the chance to close the carrot. My character arc for the season. You had a chance <laughs> to fulfill my entire. All my character development came to an apex and then tumbled all the way back to act one. Just
1: now. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Yeah. I think that means that I am two for two on this championship episode. That is correct. Are you ready for you heavyweight? Love to hear that. Um okay. Moving into middleweight. Let me or middleweight, heavyweight. Hmm. Uh Punya. No, not Punya. Mark, you're kicking us off for this one.
0: Pacific Rim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you wanna say any more or just Pacific Rim? Next. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Um I'll go next i'm gonna take it all the way back to our first episode easy pick for me into the spider verse has it. to be has <laughs> to be oh is that yours Buna? yeah <laughs> oh i hate to see that uh, i can uh, i can vamp if you need a second no to, no no because uh, no, i have a backup too so all right what's your backup
2: my backup is is Step Brothers. Um, so yeah, I, I see. I would have picked Spider Verse uh, overall, but yeah, Step Brothers. I think really good. Just I I love that. I think it's like just really good fucking comedy. Uh, to put it in good words, there's a fucking uh, line in this in this show, Ted Lasso with Jason Sudeikis, and it's like it's like I, I that shit was so fucking funny, and uh, that was the shit. That was the funniest shit I've ever seen, and I've seen Step Brothers or something like that. Like that shit. I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's just great, like great comedy, like great cast uh so fucking quotable
1: and uh i think it stands up to time so gotta pick that a small tangent for you punya you want to do a minute on uh ted lasso how is it i've heard good things oh i love ted lasso okay i would honestly recommend that to to everyone uh because that, that that's
2: movie or sorry not a movie it's a tv show that um came out like a year ago on apple tv plus and it's uh i i I didn't know what to expect with it because a lot of the Apple TV plus shows have been kind of a uh, hit or miss. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's,
1: that's a nice the, way to put it. Uh, and
2: it's also like, yeah, some of them, like no one talks about some of them. Everyone, uh, everyone does. And this is one of the ones that I, I saw everyone talking about. Like, it's like a really great heartwarming, uh, warming TV show. And it really is. Um, Jason Sudeikis is great in it. Um, loved him on SNL and whatever else he's done. Mm-hmm. Um He, like, it's, it's a, it's, yeah, it's like a feel good, feel good show. I think it like has like really broad appeal. I wasn't expecting it to go kind of like deep into the emotional stuff. It seemed kind of like a more just light, lighthearted
1: comedy, but yeah, Yeah. totally recommend it. And that was our TV minute here in movie wave classes. Um, God, this, this is an interesting category because I really can see the merit in all three picks. Um... Pacific Rim to me I think is probably the weakest of the two movies because there there's some fundamental issues about that movie. It is a great just turn your brain off and have a good time kind of film. So there's no question about that. I I just worry and wonder if the sort of very minimal story kind of hurts this for the for the heavyweight. What what would you say against that, Mark? Um One second, hold on, I'm messing with the... I'm breaking things.
0: Um, Ahem, hello. I think that, yes, obviously, Pacific Rim is not winning an Oscar. But you want to know what a wise man once said basically every single time we had a heavyweight? Well, there's nothing really you can do here except one of the big franchises. Mm -hmm. That wise man was Parker Anicheski. every single episode of movie weight classes um uh, quick aside i was gonna edit like a quick like two minute like montage of like the past 10 episodes and play it through discord for y'all it ended up being work and i didn't want to do it but it was going to be like Parker Parker going unbelievable 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 and and Parker going have you seen this movie and Puny goes I haven't seen this movie and uh, and stuff like that I didn't make it but I might at some point um it's like the much dang version
1: of our our, podcast
0: um and Pacific Rim is not a major franchise but it, it is indicative of that that feel you know that blockbuster um that blockbuster feel. And it's a it's a monster, it's a kaiju movie to be specific. And like I said earlier, I just watched Godzilla versus Kong. And you mm. want to know what Pacific Rim it does two things really, really well that are really, really important in heavyweight movies and in blockbuster action movies. Is Dummy. one, it doesn't waste time before it shows you what you came to see the movie for. Every single Godzilla movie I swear is like 30 minutes before Godzilla shows up on the screen. And no, you're it, right. you're and like there's people who will be like, "Well, it's because it's about nukes." And I get that, but also big lizard please. Um I just want to see big lizard fight big like, monkey. The, That's all the, I want to see. You no, know, Godzilla versus King Kong, the type of movie this is, it, dude, is the opening credits end with a bracket showing who godzilla and king kong have defeated and by the way king kong it's like one person and godzilla it's like 18 so (laughs) like what and then it's like they're two pictures on either side of a planet like a fighting game and then it cuts to a montage of king kong taking a shower in a waterfall
1: Uh, (laughs) that's exactly what i wanted to see from that movie regardless
0: though that style of movie pacific rim is the the shining example of that and there are problems but what really i love about this movie is how the fights feel they feel like spectacle they don't feel like just nonsense on screen they feel like awe-inspiring mountains smashing into each other hitting each other with a building and a laser sword that he should have used an hour ago
1: like, yes, he have. <laughs> like
0: it's very much a saturday morning cartoon how you imagined it as a kid
1: okay i think if that movie is made by anyone besides guillermo del toro it is not a good movie i think that's 100 think- percent true that makes sense. And, and, and it, the evidence of that is Pacific Rim 2. That movie's trash. And it doesn't... I guess with with Guillermo, he does a really great job of selling the scale of these monsters and the scale of these Jaegers. Um like I mean, shit. The point, the scene that I always remember when I think of this scene is two scenes. Um, when he picks up the big ass fucking battleship and uses it as a weapon against one of the kaiju. Awesome. And then the really dumb joke when the Jaeger is punching through a building and stops right at a Newton cradle. Like shit. Like <laughs> come that, on, isn't you that straight get out? In isn't a lesser, that straight
0: out of a Roland Emmerich like disaster film from like two thousand three? Like but, <laughs> you know,
1: in the Roland Emmerich version, at least like it doesn't have the same feeling as the gear version does, because I don't think within like Roland Emmerich movies specifically, he's very much like, we're going to watch all these people die. Whereas in Pacific Rim, I don't really get that vibe. Like you don't feel like the city is being completely obliterated and destroyed. Like it's fucking Superman and man of steel. (laughs) And I, I think that is a fundamentally smart decision made by the creative team on that movie. I guess my only I think this movie, the biggest disservice to this movie is Charlie Hunnam. I think if anyone else is in that main role, this movie is a lot more engaging because you really, at least myself, I never really gave a shit about the characters at all. And outside of probably Charlie Day's character, because Charlie Day's incredible and in everything he's in. I, I think if you have any other actor in that main role, the movie really does kind of... It elevates it a little bit more. You wanna know what character you, you
0: remembered from the movie Parker?
1: Who's that? Robot
0: that picked up a battleship and hit somebody with it. Because that's what matters in a movie like this. And that's a heavyweight <laughs> movie. That's a blockbuster, Fair. you know what I mean? <laughs> like you don't you don't go to a Godzilla movie to see Brian Cranston necessarily. You go to a Godzilla movie to see Godzilla. You know what I mean? You go to I, Pacific I Rim to see I the to big that. monsters.
1: I went to that original Godzilla to see Brian Cranston because I was right <laughs> in the height of the uh, Breaking Bad wave. Oh, do you yeah. like? Do
0: I liked that? I liked – like it's it's like God damn it! Like he's not in this movie, and I thought he was. But I, I love like how often does a movie of that size from a studio have the balls to do
2: something like that?
1: Oh no, if you're right. And that movie made Pacific
2: the, Rim look good. So for sure, <laughs> Pacific Rim is much, is much better. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that movie is really bizarre Um, and this is a whole other tangent for this episode but fuck it it's I don't understand why they cut away almost every single time Godzilla's about to do some cool shit it feels like there's a great movie just off screen yes, (laughs) Yes, 100% it's such a bizarre choice and like I don't really give a shit that they killed Brian Cranston off Um, yeah it's just like Like the Hawaii scene, how you see all the Godzilla shit. And it's like, wow, that's really cool. But it's on the news being watched by Wanda. Who gives a shit? Uh, I guess, for argument's sake, when I think of heavyweight movies, there's no better example of it than Into the Spider-Verse. It is, from start to finish, A near flawless film, one of the best screenplays and one of the best scripts from a superhero movie out there. The fact that it's animated really doesn't even matter that much because this movie would work any which way. Uh, Well, maybe not Spider Pig if it's not animated, but this movie works. That would be a pretty good
0: Babe (laughs) spinoff.
1: Babe three, Babe in the Spider. In the spider, this movie movie has an amazing cast. I think is is really what drives this home. Like hell, even having Paperboy from Atlanta playing the father, he does such a great job in that role. And to me, when I think of heavyweight movies, and especially when I think of superhero movies, this is the crowning achievement of both of those categories. It really is the perfect film that any person can watch. And to me, the heavyweight needs to be accessible to everyone. And I don't believe that Pacific Rim is accessible to everyone because there's such a barrier to entry with that movie. Uh, just how fucking weird it is, man. Like anyone under, <laughs> anyone and everyone knows Spider-Man. And so they're able to kind of play off the expectations of those who know Spider-Man. Not everyone knew Miles Morales before this film. Um but it's it's not that hard of a concept to understand about a new Spider-Man, you know, like it's really uh, you can play this for literally anyone and the movie still works. And I even with like like Step Brothers, uh, you can you can't necessarily play that for everyone. But even I think that has more broad appeal than Pacific Rim does. I
0: think first off, you'll never find me out here talking smack about Spider-Verse. no i'm not i'm not i'm not not coming out here not playing that game yeah um incredible movie it was i think the it was our first episode heavyweight winner and we had to disqualify it just like from three episodes after that that it could have fit in just Mm -hmm. because you could put it anywhere and it wins um it's incredible uh but I don't necessarily feel like I was talking about with Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry is not the bo- best movie in the world, but I feel like it fits that category. Spider Verse, and I think to me it's because it's the animated aspect. When I think blockbuster, when I think heavyweight, I don't think animated movie. Um, yeah. You know, I think. I see that. And and you're talking about like I. It's weird and like you can't just show anyone. Like, tell me what about Transformers sounds like you can just show anyone. And I would say that's a great analog for Pacific Rim, but Pacific Rim, is that done well?
1: I get what you're saying about Transformers. I think Transformers does have a significant more reach than Pacific Rim did because I do think Pacific Rim. Maybe not on its surface, but at least like subtext wise and sort of behind the scenes, I guess, for lack of a better term, it is a deeper movie than a Transformers movie is. But if you're going to watch spectacle just for spectacle, I don't know if Pacific Rim is necessarily the one I'm going to throw on.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, a, you a, yeah, a, I feel like if, if you're ahead. not someone who's like just trying to watch an action movie, if you a don't like action movies, maybe, or if you aren't just trying to like watch something like with just cool, like flashy visuals and stuff, um, and you and you are like looking for a story, I feel like it does. It does kind of lose some of its broad appeal there. I feel like in that sense, it's like, it's it's like it appeals to people who are looking for like a like an easy, easy watch, like exciting kind of kind of deal.
1: I almost think it kind of like pulls the rug out from the Transformers crowd because you go into that movie expecting it to just be nonstop kind of robots beating the shit out of kaijus and there is a majority of the movie is that but I would argue that Transformers has characters yes no, that's a bad argument. I'm, I'm not hmm. going to argue that Transformers cares less about its characters than Pacific Rim. I, I think they significantly care less about. It. There's not that <laughs> much. Like Sam Witwicky gets no fucking character development. He's a maniac from the first movie until the third movie. Um. So I, I realize I just argued against myself here, but here we are. <laughs> Punya, yep. you have anything you want to add about any of these? <laughs>
2: um. Yeah. yeah. See, it's like I'm. I I totally do see what you mean about. Uh, Pacific Rim just making sense as a as a heavyweight like it it definitely is like the big blockbuster kind of feel and that kind of is what we were aiming for with heavyweights but it yeah. it is it does get hard to compare when you're comparing like an animated movie to a comedy movie to a big blockbuster action movie um damn I'm 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 really caught between Pacific Rim and Spider Verse I do. I see. I, I think Spider Verse is the better movie overall in terms of like being impressive oh, I'm, and,
0: absolutely. and in innovation. I'm
2: absolutely. But, absolutely. See, it's like if I give Pacific Rim the heavyweight, then it's like our heavyweights all just meant to be the most big, showy, like the most marketable blockbuster of the summer with this voice in the trailer kind of movies. Well, like. Is, is Spider Man really that much different than that? like I would I I I think I think this one yes only only because I don't normally care a ton about superhero movies I feel like a a lot of them will get bored halfway through this one actually was able to do enough differently um, and stay fresh that I, I stayed very engaged all the way through I think Pacific
0: Rim is the same thing for that big, smashy thing, uh, smashy thing.
2: And blockbuster. I, I, I agree. I agree. For someone who didn't like, I would get very bored if I watched like Transformers now. But I think Pacific Rim was like, oh wow, I'm like not entirely bored by this by just robots beating each other up. Uh, so yeah, so it is it is better than most in that genre. That's yes, why it's, it's, think, it's a hard thing. Yeah, I think what we have here. I'm
0: just going to interject real quick um, is we have Punya deciding the not only the best heavyweight of the season, but the champion Mm -hmm. uh, is what's what's happening here. And real quick before we do that, I just want to uh, give a certain individual a special shout out. Um, the title match MVP is going to be Mark Jesperson, um, who had six of his picks selected. <laughs> Punya had two, and I and Parker had one. Um, yep. There's absolute domination in the All-Star game here by mm-hmm.
1: Mr. Jesperson. Domination hasn't won a category yet. Okay,
2: (laughs) and uh, and for someone that was on the fence, now uh, I think I'm going to go and give
1: it to uh, (laughs) go. Parker with the title match sweep (laughs) got the best of them. Parker with the title match sweep. Wow, (laughs) I think I think Punya, you raise a really interesting point. If you look at the heavyweight winners. Pacific Rim is really the only one of them that are the kind of, like, big tentpole action movies. We've done a really good job of presenting heavyweights that are recognizable franchises but aren't necessarily the, you know, Godzilla Kong-style movies. I mean, just pulling off some of the picks that we, had, that we didn't choose. Scream, Prisoner of Azkaban, Gone Girl, uh, Zootopia, Apollo 13, A Christmas Story. Like— I don't necessarily think the argument of Pacific Rim being such a, like, blockbuster makes it the best heavyweight. You know? That totally makes sense. Yeah. But I I will gladly take this win, and I will gladly take the win on season zero. Congratulations. Do you have any parting words? Um yeah make sure to like and subscribe on the podcast we're a bi-weekly podcast putting new episodes out but there will be a new episode the week
0: after this Wednesday this is the off week this is a
1: special episode we will have an episode next week and then we will be back to our bi-weekly I don't think we've have we decided what we're going to talk about for the next episode I don't think we ever did I don't think we did so it'll be a
0: special surprise surprise. Um, as we move into season one, two, if you're still if you're just joining us or if you've been listening since the beginning or a couple episodes, first off, thank you so much. We've really, oh, yeah. really enjoy doing this. Um, and it's nice to see any response. And um, just we really appreciate y'all. Um, we're going to start. We're, we feel a lot more comfortable now. So you might see some stuff coming up, like maybe guests, maybe some, uh, you know, uh different some stuff where we talk about tv shows maybe etc mm-hmm. uh, etc et um so just uh, stay on the lookout for some cool stuff i'm really really excited uh for what's coming next after season zero summer of 2021
1: is going to be very very fun for us here at movie weight classes white boy summer no white boy summer here movie, we go <laughs> movie nerd summer <laughs> movie jumper gang, nerds, jumper gang
0: jumper summer <laughs> <laughs> i think
1: that- does it for another episode of movie weight classes we want to thank everyone once again for joining us for the recap of season zero join us next wednesday for another episode of movie weight classes and uh yeah i i take the win motherfuckers <laughs> jumper gang summer you know, just as first girl pilgrim. <laughs>
2: maybe i'll finally watch jumper now i'll give you that <laughs> Get on it.